Welcome to the shit show. Hello, squirrel friends. So Kate and I are back and we're on time, which is exciting. Yay. Uh, so because we want to keep that flow of through crime and haunted to kind of like mess things up because usually it's the other way around. Um, I'm going to do a haunted case that I absolutely love. Um, and don't worry, we'll be back to our regu regularly scheduled programming on Monday. Oh yeah, next next week we'll be back. Um, unfortunately, um, before I begin, because I've been saying this for every podcast, which is upsetting in itself, um, Cody Bigsby is still missing. Um, which is incredibly concerning. Uh, he's a four-year-old boy missing from Hampton Roads. Uh, he was last seen at Buckrow Beach area of Hampton. Um, he's three feet tall, African-American, black hair, brown eyes, last seen wearing, uh, black clothing and Spider-Man flip-flops. Um... Unfortunately, I feel like the more we try to find this kid, uh, the more I'm concerned we're not going to find this kid. Um, if that makes any sense. I don't think we're finding this kid alive. That's what I'm saying. Like The longer he he's, he's missing, the more I feel like he's not going to be alive when we do find him. Um, which is really sad. And if you see the, see the pictures of him online, he looks like a sad baby. Like, you can just... To me, in his eyes, he just looks sad. Um, but they're still looking for him. Um, there is, uh, you know, um, a big debate right now uh, with a lot of states, actually, about the Amber Alert... Uh, criteria um because um it just it doesn't make sense why some kids are not meeting the criteria and some are they should be the same across every state but ultimately uh according to this article um The local law enforcement all the amount of help they enlist to find a missing person. So, like, that bothers me. Um, now, Hampton, did, it, Hampton Department did call the FBI very early on to look for Cody Bigsby. Um, but his he doesn't meet the criteria for an Amber Alert. And I don't agree with that. He's fucking four. He's a four-year-old missing child. That's criteria enough. Okay? To me. And what gets me about this is... Remember how I told... I think I told you guys before. I don't know if you remember, Kate. When I talked before about Noah Tomlin. He was the little boy. The two-year-old boy that disappeared from the same community area three years 
years before, three years, and his mom killed him, and he also did not get an Amber Alert. And then, I, I'm gonna fuck this name up, and I'm so sorry. Pierre and um, I think it's Pierre. It's K E I R. Uh, and Chloe Johnson. Um, they were um, Chloe was five day five years old. Okay, when she disappeared in 2017, she also did not have an Amber Alert. What the fuck? From the same area. Okay. So that's three women in a matter of five years that have gone missing from the same area and no Amber Alert. Okay. And Kier and Chloe Johnson are still missing. FYI. So, I really think, and my, and, and, and I, I'm not even, I don't, I don't care what anybody else is. If the person is 18 and under, 18 and under, if they are missing, Amber Alert. Because I would rather have authorities and police and whoever does the fucking Amber Alert shit overreact to a child missing than underreact. To a yeah, child like, it's like all those cases that we have where they're like oh well she's run away before I don't give a fuck don't care if it's a minor and they're and you haven't seen them they're missing they need an amber alert the end yes like that's just how I feel about it so um if you want on the Bigsby case unfortunately there's not a lot of new updated information other than he's still missing so um you know, just if you can, and if you live in the area, just, you know, look up pictures of him and just keep an eye out. And we also need to petition as a whole to, like, to your local government, like your senator and shit, to decrease the, the uh, Amber Alert criteria so that these kids can immediately go on and get an Amber Alert rather than just sitting. Um... Now, today for the episode, I am doing the Winchester House. I when I, I don't remember when I learned about this house, but when I did learn about it, I immediately wanted to go see it. Fucking white woman. But I, that was my typical white woman response. Just like, you know, seeing a ferocious animal and I'm like, cuddles. Like, I, when I, I heard about the Winchester House, I immediately wanted to go see it. So, um, now... There was a movie called uh, Winchester. Um, it did fluff things up a bit. So I'm going to try to give you all the facts that I was able to find about the Winchester house. So um, in 1886, a woman named Winchester traveled from New Haven, Connecticut to San Jose, California to start a new life. She purchased a small eight-room farmhouse and started a small renovation project that ended up lasting 36 years and roughly cost her $5.5 million, and she only stopped when she passed away in 1922. Small eight-room farmhouse? Started what out as a small eight-room farmhouse. 
Now, towards the end, I'm going to tell you guys just how big this thing is, and you will be shooketh that it started out as eight rooms. <laughs> okay. Um, now, Sarah Lockwood Pardee, later known as Sarah Winchester, was born in September 1839 in New Haven, Connecticut. She grew up the child of wealthier parents. Her father, Leonard Pardee, was a wealthy carriage maker. Sarah had five sisters and one brother, though one sister also named Sarah died in infancy. Now, one thing that I learned is in those days, it was common to name a later child after a sibling that had already died, which is kind of weird. Why? Um, I don't know. It was just like the thing to do. And honestly, and this is just me being me, I think this contributed to Sarah's life later. I feel like because she had the name of someone who died so recently that it ended up giving her like a, a open communion with the dead. But we'll get there. Um, now Sarah was known as the quote unquote Belle of New Haven and her education included learning to speak four different languages and playing the piano. So not only was she very eccentric, but she was also incredibly smart. Um, and now in uh, September 1862, Sarah married William Winchester. Now William's father, Oliver, was the president of the Winchester Arms Company. This was the company that made the Winchester rifle. Um, and this rifle made the Winchester family millionaires. Um... In the same year William was married, he also became the new president of the Winchester Arms Company. Um, now, by all accounts, Sarah's marriage to William Winchester was great. Uh, um, up until about four years when they gave, uh, when they had their first child, Annie Pardee Winchester who was born on 15th, 1866. However, Annie would not eat, and the food she did eat didn't seem to, like, stay on her weight. Um, so she just kept getting thinner and thinner and thinner, and unfortunately, when she was five weeks old, Annie died. Um, and then four months later, Sarah received the news that William was diagnosed with tuberculosis. Um, now William Winchester was not the next person to die. Uh, it was actually William's father, Oliver Winchester, who died of a heart attack in, in December, 1880. And in March, 1881, just four months after his father, William also passed away. So with the pass away of both Oliver and William, Sarah inherited 50% interest in the Winchester repeating arms company, which was a million dollar fortune and a continuing royalty of a thousand dollars a day and according to this article that I was reading it from it said the thousand dollar a day amount would be twenty five thousand dollars a day today which is insane could you imagine just collecting twenty five thousand dollars a day doing fuck all okay how do I set up for that like right like hello 
Um, now, unfortunately, because Sarah's daughter died, her husband died, her father di her father-in-law died, um, she became really depressed. And according to legend, now this is legend. A lot of the stuff is legend, and I'll tell you why later. So, according to she believed her family was, which I can understand. Um, and according to this legend, Sarah met with a spiritual medium. Uh, and that she was told by the medium that her family was indeed cursed and that the spirits of Native Americans and soldiers who had been killed by the Winchester rifle had taken her husband and daughter. And that Sarah next. However, Sarah was told there was a way to beat this curse. She would have to move out west and build a home for the spirits. Um... And as long as she continued to build, she would be safe from the spirit's revenge. Now, this is a super weird way to do that, but, you know, it's legend. Um, I just want to know why West? Well, if you think about it, as far as the Native American spirits, that's where the Native American spirits would be the most in the 1800s. At least it's my thought process. I don't know. Like I said, this is legend, so we don't even know if it's actually true. But she ended up moving out there. So in 1884, Sarah went to visit a niece who lived in Menlo Park, California. And while she was there, she bought an unfinished farmhouse. It originally had eight rooms and sat on 160 acres of land. Uh, so shortly after Sarah moved into the house, she immediately started changing shit. Um... One room would be added and then it would be torn out before it was finished and replaced with another room. Walls were built directly in front of other walls. There's one spot, uh, in one spot there's a skylight that goes up four floors only to stop at the ceiling. Um, it is covered by a solid roof, uh, not allowing any light in. One chimney rises up, uh, through four floors. Uh, is the flues for four different fireplaces. However, those fireplaces are unusable. Um, because the chimney also stops eight inches from the roof. Uh, Sarah spared no expense on her house. She hired craftsmen and gardeners. She imported the finest woods, wallpapers, and stone for all of, from all over the world for her house. Um... The one thing she was an architect. Apparently, she did a lot of the reservation uh, reservations renovations for the house herself. Um, and many people think that this is why the house is so odd, is because she was doing it all herself, and so she was kind of learning as she went. Um, sorry, hold on. I have to decline my mom, and she's not going to like that, but she'll be okay. Um. <laughs> I'll call her well, back the, that, the thing that you're saying is like it just I'm sorry, mom. Uh, huh? The thing that you're saying, like with the house, it makes me think of like the thirteen ghosts in the movie, the house in the in that movie. Oh yeah, with all the how like the the glass walls yeah. are all weird. Yeah. But see, that was designed on purpose. Where I think this, it was just Sarah was just like right. trial by fire. Like that's how she was figuring it out. Um, so every day Sarah would go to her niece and 
she would give them all our new ideas and then the niece would give them to the contractors and the craftsmen. Um, because Sarah herself actually did not meet with this men and she would actually avoid trying to meet with them at all. Um, and this is where people started to think it was spooky because Sarah would walk around her house with a black veil over her face. Um, um, if she entered a room, any servant that was in the room had to quickly run out to the nearest exit because that's what Sarah ordered, which is weird. So the only person who was ever allowed to see Sarah was her niece. Um, there was actually one story that President Roosevelt was visiting the area and wanted to pay his respects to Sarah. Uh, now, one version of the story says that he knocked at the farmhouse door and was told to go to the servants entrance at the back, which I would pay for someone to, to, to see. I would pay to see someone to tell a president to use the servants entrance. Like, but if anybody is going to react okay to it, it'd probably be FDR. Well, apparently, according to this story, he left out of anger. Another version says that when President Roosevelt's people contacted the Chamber of Commerce asking to meet Sarah, uh, they contacted her niece who passed on the message, and Sarah to have her request. Hell no. Like, a fuck you. Like, no, not going to happen. Um,. <laughs> So Sarah eventually built the spirit room, which is the room that you see in the movie Winchester. Um, the room was, however, more like a closet so big as it was in the movie. Um, it had 13 coat hooks around the walls and there were 13 doors, but the entrance door you came through had no knob. So you actually couldn't get out the same way that you came in. Uh, instead, you opened a secret cupboard door to step out into the hallway. Um, now, inside this spirit room, seance room, the spirits would tell Sarah about the rooms they wanted built and the changes that they made. They wanted made. Now, some of the changes to the house made absolutely no sense. Uh, according to legend, people thought that it meant it was the these oddities were meant to confuse the bad spirits um some of these things were a door to nowhere or opens at the end of the upstairs hallway however the door is on the outside wall of the second floor and you can actually see that door in one of the photos of the house um uh another there's uh one mirror in the whole house uh it has been said that spirits cannot stand mirrors because they cannot be seen in them so the only mirror in the entire house is in the ballroom, but it's faced towards the wall. So it's not even like the reflective part is not even facing out. It's facing towards the wall. Um, okay, what in the Scooby-Doo mansion? But I can understand the mirror thing. There are so many legends and... Oh yeah, the mirror thing makes sense. Just the rest of the house. Oh, girl, it gets better. Windows throughout the home, on the inside of the walls, or even on the floors. Now, the re there was a reason for this. Many of these windows would be used for Sarah to spy on her employees. Because she's one of the highest wages in the area, she expected those servants to earn that money. <laughs> so Sarah could, at any time, Sarah could glance through a window, a wall, door, floor... To watch her servants. So that was pretty slick. 
I say, I mean, fair though. Um, one door inside the house directly opens directly onto a skylight. If you step through the door, you will fall to the floor below. Um, one of the ornate and expensive stained glass windows is in the house. was made by the Tiffany Company. And if y'all know Tiffany, bling, bling, they also did stained glass back in the day. Uh, apparently this uh, stained glass window costs 1500 bucks. Which I can only imagine how much it would cost today since $1,000 transferred to 25000 today. Um, apparently it is a beautifully rounded top window, um, with curls on it. And according to this article, it would be even more beautiful if the sun was allowed to reach it. However, it is set on the inside staircase with nothing but a wall behind it. Um, there are several places where the staircase are made of the finest wood and they end at the ceiling. So there's a lot of just weird stuff. And again, a lot of people think that some of these weirder things is because Sarah was so inexperienced with uh, architecture. But I'm pretty it sure... It also she... makes me think of like an MC Hammer music video. But here's the thing. No, you know whether or not to cover the top of those stairs with a ceiling. Do you get what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. The winds, okay. The doors, not really. And then the stairs, but like, I think she did this all on purpose, but that's just my, um, and, and throughout the house, uh, is the number 13. Many of, many of the rooms have 13 windows or 13 panels in the ceiling. There are stairways with 13 steps and the seance room has 13 hooks where there were, um, 13 different colored ro robes hung. Um, there is even a sink that arrived by special order with only 12 drain holes and Sarah added another one so it would be 13. Um, now, like I said, there were some things that were added for a reason um, because like for this instance, Sarah developed arthritis in her later years and if you don't have it, when you have arthritis, being cold physically hurts like it hurts like I have it in my hands and while I love the snow and I love the cold if I don't keep my hands warm my hands will be in so much pain um so there, there was one small house and it was called the hall of fires it contained seven sources of heat four fireplaces and three heating range regist registers um on cold day registers would all be turned on and the fireplaces would be lit. And so Sarah would rest in this room to like help her joints. Um, and the same applies to the set of easy riser stairs that are in the house, which is a set of stairs with steps that only rise on a half inches each. Um, the 44 steps and seven switchbacks bring you up only a single floor. So, the point of that, though, was because she has arthritis. So when you have it in your knees and your feet, it's really hard to climb stairs. Um, 
Now here's a very interesting thing. Approximately, it took 20,500 US gallons of paint to paint the house. I, I can't even like picture that much paint. Um, now the house itself is built using a floating foundation, uh, which a lot of architects today believe saved it from total collapse in 1906. The 1906 earthquake and the 89 Loma Prita earthquake. Um, this type of construction allows the home to shift freely as it is not attached to its brick base. Um, however, so we're going to go back to the 1906 earthquake. April 18th, 1906, Sarah was sleeping in one of the bedrooms at the front of the house. Suddenly, the ground, the whole house was shaking. It twisted and turned and made all kinds of horrible crashing sounds from the walls and the roof. Um, the shaking was about a minute. And this was Great San Francisco Earthquake in 1906. Um, the top three stories, which they say were mostly towers, of Sarah's house fell in. Sarah awoke to the shaking, but a portion of the roof above her head had fallen in, which caused the wall to buckle, putting pressure on the door and sealing it closed. So therefore, Sarah was like stuck in her house or stuck in her bedroom. Um, and it took several hours for Sarah's servants to free her. Um, now, Sarah believed that the reason why this happened is because the spirits were angry with her for spending so much time and money on the front part of the house. Um, so Sarah quickly walled up the front part, leaving much of the damage from the earthquake um, unrepaired in that part of the house. And she did fix up the rest of the house. Um, she continued her building... Uh, though she ordered that anything above the fourth floor that had not fallen in be taken down. So she never again built higher than the fourth floor. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I found that interesting too. So, um, throughout the many long years of construction, Sarah Winchester never confirmed that she was building like a house for the dead. Right. Um, you know, of course, stories and rumors were all over the place. Sorry. It's San Jose. Uh, the contractors who worked on the house reported that Sarah was having daily seance mediums trying to reach the quote-unquote good spirits. And these good spirits were the ones um, that she consulted to find out how to best appease the spirits for whom she was allegedly allegedly building the house for. Um, now there were 13 bathrooms in the home, only functional. The reason for this was to confuse any ghosts wishing to haunt a spigot. Um, another thing is Sarah would sleep in a di different room at night in the Winchester house and use secret passageways to get from one room to another so that the spirits couldn't follow her. So this woman was very like, she believed Okay. Um, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I 100% believe in, you know, spirits, entities. But I think she might be a little overboard here. Hey, man. I I, I can't even be mad at her. <laughs> um, 
So on September 5th, 1922, Sarah passed away in her bed and the building immediately stopped. She was 82. Her body was returned to New Haven, Connecticut, where she was buried so she could be beside her husband and infant daughter. Um, the house and all of its contents were willed to her niece, Miriam Marriott. Miriam took everything she wanted from the house and then the rest of the furnishings were sold at auction. It took six weeks for the moving men to get all the furniture out of the house. Uh, this is in part because of all the items stored in the immense storage rooms in the house, but also because the moving men kept getting lost trying to get the stuff out of the house. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> now, once the house was empty, it was sold. Uh, it was purchased by uh, people who immediately opened it for tours within five months of Sarah's death. And I put in quotations that I thought that that was interesting because Sarah did not like people in her house. Right. And according to... to get her to haunt you? <laughs> well, and so she didn't like anybody in her house, but according to the uh, Winchester quote-unquote mystery house website, roughly one million people a year visit the house. And in the... 36 years that she was building that house she did not want anybody in there <laughs> so I just think that you know let's just go ahead and bring people in let's just let's just piss off the spirit okay all right so from 1886 to 1922 um the construction seemed to never stop um you know, and like I said, it was an eight-room farmhouse and it grew into this huge mansion and I'm gonna explain it to you a little bit so, it was 24,000 square feet. It had 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, 6 kitchens, and 3 elevators. Um... Now, like I said in the beginning, That's it was quite built. Quite a bit. Yes, it was built at the price tag of at about five point five million dollars in nineteen twenty-three, which would roughly—this is just the article—would roughly amount to seventy-one million dollars today. That is an expensive ass house. Um, especially one that's probably kind of ugly and real confusing. Oh, I see. I beg to differ. I think the house is gorgeous. Uh, now, despite being fully emptied, refurnished, and open for business, the the Winchester house continued to, like, shut out more gifts. So, while Sarah was alive, stories were told of a storage room in her home filled with over $25,000 worth, or 300000 today, worth of undisplayed riches, including a Tiffany window designed by Win Miss Winchester herself featuring a spiderweb design. Uh, in 2016, a secret attic was discovered. Um, though there's no proof it was the same secret storage room. Uh, inside the attic was a pump organ, a Victoria-era couch, a dress form, which I'm assuming is like those mannequin thingies. Uh, a sewing machine and various paintings. Um, and then a year later, rooms that were never open to the public were put on display, including sections of the home that had remained un 
finished at the time of her death. Uh, if you go on the website, you can actually see that there is a tour for this part of the house. Um, in 2018, Helen Mirren starred in the Winchester as starred in Winchester as Sarah Winchester herself. This is the movie I was talking about earlier. Uh, the story took the rumors about the hauntings in the house and like ran with them and kind of depicted a woman crazed by the ghosts of the Winchester rifles. Now, filming for the actual movie did take place at the Winchester Mystery House. So that part's pretty cool. Um, additionally, the home has been the setting for numerous supernatural horror movies and novels. Uh, now, since her death, little has been uncovered about Sarah Winchester and the reasoning behind her obsession and with like the reasoning for building the house. She gave no interviews, she left behind no journals, and had no family willing to speak about her. Um, occasionally, visitors would go to the home and report feeling like spirits that have resided in the home, but paranormal investigators have turned up nothing. Which I don't think means jack shit, but anyway. Um, I say most of those shows are fake anyway, so... Now, today, the the Winchester quote-unquote mystery house offers different tours, such as the self-guided mansion tour, the explore, to explore more tour, which is the one where you can see rooms that have never been opened until recently, and the Sarah Winchester garden tour, which allows you to tour the outside gardens. The self-guided mansion tour has uh, been built with social distancing protocols in mind, you know, because the panorama ding-dong. Um, now guests will be able to experience the house with ample space, time in each room, and be able to take the tour at their own pace. Um, the mansion tour ticket, so the self-guided mansion tour ticket, also includes access to the Victorian gardens. So, needless to say, I want to go see it. Uh, it looks beautiful. We're getting the toddler backpack. <laughs> yeah, you need the toddler backpack because I will disappear. Um, but yeah, if you have a chance, you can also, if you don't feel like driving to California, you can also do a virtual tour for like nine bucks, which I told my uh, one of my coworkers about. And she's like, nine bucks, that's expensive. I said, listen, with how old that fucking house is, I am sure the maintenance on it is fucking ridiculous. Not to mention, if there are really a million people visiting that place every year, they need to sanitize the shit out of it, right? So, and plus, everybody got hit with that, you know, shutdown and whatnot. So, I find it very hard to believe that that house didn't get hit by it. So, I am more than willing to pay the $9 to see the virtual tour of this house. Um... But I guess that's just me. I don't know. But that's what I have on the Winchester house today. Um, it, watch the movie. Apparently, the 100th episode of American Horror Story. There's the Winchester house in the background. Um, it There's a whole bunch of times that we actually have seen it in movies and stuff. And we maybe just not have known it. So, um... But yeah, that's all I've got. I feel like I went fast. I don't know. 
I mean, I think it was good. Like, the haunting ones aren't as necessarily in-depth as, you know, true crime, because you don't have to talk about the victims or, like, the crazy or the fucked-up police reporting. That's true. I just, I also really wanted to make sure I got a little bit of Sarah's life in there that I could find. Um, because she, see, to me, she was, even though they were saying she was creepy and eccentric and weird... I feel like I I could identify with her. I feel like we would have been besties. Like, I don't know. I I. Well, like, I feel the, the same way about like, Lorraine Warren. Like each other's Facebook posts, though, because you know you wouldn't see her in person. Right. Well, I mean, I I feel the same way towards Lorraine Warren, and I don't know. Like, I just feel like her and I could have gotten along really well. So, like, let me be in my fantasy life. All right, I dig your fantasy life. It's interesting. Thank you. Uh, I'm best friends with Betty White, uh, Lorraine Warren, and Sarah Winchester in my fantasy life. Like, because <laughs> that is quite the combination. So it sounds like you're gonna have. This is part of the podcast where Craig decided to heat himself from the conversation because he didn't want to hear my fantasy life about Betty White and Lorraine Warren and Sarah Winchester. So, yeah. Um, so I just wanted to let you guys know you didn't miss anything. We were just talking and then I realized that Craig, le- Craig left and Kate said she wanted to let me live my best fantasy life. So I just wanted to end it and tell you guys that I love you and that you guys are enough. And if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.